You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast. We are back and we are mostly rested and recharged and we're excited to talk to all of you tonight because it's Monday night, it's 7 Pacific, 10 Eastern, and you're with us, so it must be time for Mission Log Live. I'm Norman Lau. And I'm Heather Barker, and you've joined a live show where anything can happen and anything does. Tonight, it's open phones. You pick the topic, so click the Zoom link or give us a call at 669-900-6833 because we want to hear from you. So just to set you know some of the housekeeping rules here, we're still taking a break from our usual format due to the ongoing SAG and WGA strike. So please remember... Uh, This being a rewatch show and other companion shows are considered promotional under SAG guidelines and as Roddenberry Entertainment, uh, as Roddenberry Entertainment produces this show, we are standing in solidarity with those creative professionals. Here, here. But now it's your turn. The phone lines are open and the Earl Green is standing by in the Earl Green room to patch you through to us. We can talk about whatever you like and you can tell us what you've been up to. This is our first live show since STLV 223, 220, 2000. <laughs> STLV23 is what we say on the, the interweb. So I'll go oh, with that. Okay, that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> but for those of us, for those of you, for everybody who was there, and if you weren't there and you had some FOMO and you just want to call in and talk about that, uh, we're here to hear about all of it. Yeah, and uh, we've actually released our first supplemental episode for Mission Log uh, from the convention, and it's called The Nostalgia Factor. That is also something that maybe we can continue from the convention to here, because I know that it has brought up a lot of discussion on social media and in our Discord chat. So if you'd like to bring that up, again, with all of the other topics that you'd like to talk about, and not anything that's in terms of struck work, Please do so. You know where to call or you know what to click. Uh, Let's see who's joined us tonight, because I'm sure that everyone missed us last week. Apologies for last week's folks. We were just we were burning the candle at both ends and we were all trying to get home. I was delayed for about three and a half hours. I know that a lot of people were having a lot of problems up and down the eastern seaboard uh, because of some thunderstorms and some very unsafe traveling conditions. So I'm glad that everyone made it home. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about something that, uh, we were just doing, uh, discussing offline right before the show. And that is, uh, how to deal with, uh, the post con blues. So, uh, also a very important topic. And maybe we can talk about that with you all. I'm going to see, uh, who's here in the chat. So we have Sam. Hi, Sam. We have one of the Pauls, uh, Barbara. Thank you for being here. Scott Palm, always a pleasure to have you. Uh, let's see. We have Captain Mike. What's up, Mike? Uh, Narda. Good day, Heather Norman. Good day, Narda. Uh, Paul Harbeth, that makes two. Jane, nice to have you here. Carlos. Um, hello, Heather. I see your name in the chat. Love seeing your name <laughs> in the chat. Uh, David, uh, let's see here. Alan, yes, it is. Time for another Mission Log Lives uh, Live. John Arminio, you know, I love saying the last name. Michelle. Hi, Michelle. The Harbeths are here, Paul and Michelle. Uh, love you both. Matthew uh, Cooley. Sorry if I blew out anyone's ears, but uh, that's what John Cooley's name does to the chat. Uh, Let's see. What else we got? We have three Pauls. Paul Wright. Uh, Thanks for being here. Thanks for uh, making my bingo card full. 
Uh, yeah. Um, Richard, thank you for being here. Lots of friends, uh, lots to uh, talk about. But before we get into that, Heather, uh, would you please tell everyone what is happening with the Roddenberry podcasts? Well, I would I would love to. Um, but but what you should do is go follow them all at podcast.roddenberry.com and make sure to also like and subscribe to all of our content on YouTube slash Roddenberry Entertainment like the video that you're watching right now that helps us gain visibility. And we know how much you love and appreciate everything that we do. And we appreciate you doing those things. So thank you. Thank you, Heather. Uh, Just a couple more people popped in here in uh, the chat. We have David and David. So we have three Pauls, (laughs) two Davids. We have a full house, uh, which is fantastic. Um, You know, our special guest for tonight, we don't have a, a special guest, a one special guest. We have all of you out there in chat. Uh, here on Facebook, on YouTube. So please uh, line up for your calls. Uh, let us know what you'd like to talk about. But the one thing, um, first of all, I'd like to talk to Heather about is the convention. We have the post-con convention coverage uh, just to discuss for a little bit here. And how was your convention? First of all, how are you feeling? How are you doing? How was your convention? Things of that nature. Uh, so I had a great convention Um that was largely made possible by everybody here in the chat tonight and you, Norm and John and Roddenberry Entertainment. Um, but having our, our Trek family there was super special and I will carry those memories with me forever. I also carried back, not COVID, I've tested negative three times. There was a very large COVID uh, breakout at the convention, unfortunately, mm-hmm. and then apparently also just a virus of sorts, which still feels a lot like COVID to me. Um, so I am, I am mending. I have emotional support Murph. I'm so happy I'm... you got that Murph. Can you tell everyone how you got that stuff to Murph, please? Cause I need one. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody should have a stuff Murph. And I have said this since day one. And I found out that via X Twitter, whatever it is, um, Aaron Waltke and the Hagemans were talking about the panel that they were having. And then they announced a costume contest. And I was like, well, that's really fun. And I'm just going to wear my Murph shirt that I had. And then one night I'm, you know, laying there 11 o'clock at night in bed. And remember I had this dress that looks like Murph. I was like, Oh my gosh, I could do a Murph cosplay. And so I did, I ordered a wig. I uh, created the Murph dress and I just wore it and showed up mostly because I just wanted to be there to support them. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was really my goal from day one is to get as many people to that panel. And I wound up winning third place and I got a Murph. (laughs) It it was uh, such a highlight for me. It was somewhat traumatic because they, the way they judged you is they held a hand over your head yeah. And people cheered and I felt like I was in middle school again uh, for a brief moment, but that was made better uh, a by winning a Murph, but B also sharing that with a lot of my own friends who were doing cosplay. Yeah. Uh, so that was fantastic. And there were lots of my friends, lots of you guys out mm-hmm. in the uh, crowd cheering me on. And that meant a whole lot. So it was super special. Yeah. The con experience is something that's not really quite describable. Some people ask me, you know, what was it like? And it's really different for everybody. And, you know, you connect in ways that you can't, you know, you can share stories, you can talk in long form dialogue, you don't have to worry about 240 characters or people like misinterpreting, you know, uh, you know, everything in all caps versus everything kind of whispered in text. So it's, 
it's something that I think was very important to us in, in Mission Log when we created our online community on Discord. You know, we always wanted to create the closest thing to a convention as possible. But it's even more special than that for all of you who maybe be on the, you know, are on the fence about going to a con. And it doesn't have to be the one in Las Vegas. It could be any convention. If you have the opportunity to go to a convention, you feel safe and you feel that, you know, you're going to get something emotionally worthwhile out of it. I highly encourage you to do so. I think we and highly uh, encourage you to do so because it's about making these communities. And that's all what I've always believed in. And community for Star Trek fans is very special because it's it's the sharing of ideas. It's the sharing of uh, our, our fandom, our love and creating these great friendships. And that's pretty much like my favorite part of the convention. Then um, especially, you know, doing what we do for Mission Log. I, I really do love just being able to meet a lot of the people who listen to us and support us and uh, support us on Patreon and support us in Discord. Uh, it's uh, it's a real thrill just to be able to see people who appreciate your work uh, in that way. Um, do you have a favorite moment of the convention? Um, this <laughs> they're, they're like they're like four. There there are really so many. It's hard to pick like just one. The Murph moment was really great for me. Uh, our 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 party the, the 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 very exclusive special patron party that we hinted at um that whole event was just really wonderful and getting to escape away and spend time with everybody and get to know people better um i had a a unique moment where and let's keep this in our well i guess it's a live show so whatever uh nikki DeBoer <laughs> bought me coffee um, I was in line at Starbucks with my friend Heather and Nikki, who played Ezri Dax, came up and was looking for food, basically, and on her way to a meeting or panel or something. And she asked if she could cut in line um, and so generously brought bought us our coffee. But the really sweet thing is I started talking to her about Trektivism uh, and our upcoming podcast that we that we announced. And she was really interested. So I was able to make that connection and I think those little, those things happen um, year to year. You're just in the right place at the right time and meet like, you know, there's somebody, you make a connection and then now we'll hopefully have her on the podcast in the future or help her get involved um, in community in some way. And that, it's totally random, but it, it made my day, like getting to chat with her and hearing that she was interested in something that we're doing. That's awesome. And Michelle, you're, that's a very good question. How can you pick just one moment? Usually when I ask these questions, it's kind of like the answer of the, of the jour or of the moment. I'm sure uh, I would have a different answer, you know, if you asked me the same question probably tomorrow. But one of my favorite moments, uh, at the convention, I'll caveat that one of my favorite, not my favorite, one of my favorites amongst many, uh, was just being able to see everyone at the party and just thank them all mm-hmm. for being there and for, for doing what they've done, you know, for our community. Uh, so just because I, you know, we rarely have a chance to say thank you, uh, John and I together for everybody. And, uh, it really does mean a lot, um, what all of the fans have been able to do for not just us or not just for the podcast, but just as kind of like ambassadors to the community. Um, I think that that's very special, you know, for us and I couldn't really be more thankful. So that was a very special moment. Um, but before we get into our first caller, um, because I'm sure you have, Chris has a couple of really cool moments to talk about. <laughs> if you want to talk about that, um, what was, did you attend any panels 
that you felt were directly affected by the kind of like the the SAG after a gag order scenario that was going on at the convention. My, my cold button that uh, fans, I think Barry, Barry Rice made this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I did not get to attend a lot of panels, which is very typical for me at STLV. No. Uh, but I did make a point to go see the uh, Orville panel that was hosted by Captain Mike Richards and Jessica Lynn Verde. And I, that panel, they did their very best and were very professional about sticking to those guidelines. And I, every now and then, I think a character might come up or the first question that they took was about, like, when are we getting season four of the Orville? Of course. Uh, or that, that show, you <laughs> right. know? And, uh, and, you know, Jessica had to say, you know, or just one of them had to say, you know, we can't talk about those things. Overall, um, aside, I did see the Prodigy panel, of course, uh, but other main panels I missed most of. And what I did catch, I thought was great. The one with, um, I think it, they were asking about board games, like, what's your favorite board game? And that was such a great question to ask. That was a lot of fun. So for me, this was my 13th STLV and getting to hear these random questions was much more fun than, than hearing a repeat of stories that I've already heard or information that I've already heard. But at yeah. the same time, totally understand how that could negatively affect um, people who have gone you know, going for the first time or mm-hmm. a few times in, et cetera. But overall, it was okay for me. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that that was one thing I thought was interesting is hearing things that you haven't heard before, because I think with the SAG-AFTRA um, and the WGA, you know, uh, uh, rules in place, even the actors had to be creative in their storytelling and maybe, you know, tell us a few stories they haven't told before. So they probably had to dig deep a little bit. Um, but uh, I, that's pretty much it, um, I think, uh, for just wrapping up the con. And I uh, I know that we're probably going to have more con talk because we have some people in our chat right now uh, that are lined up that we did see at the convention. And our first caller up for the open mics is Chris. And uh, we saw Chris there. Uh, Chris, uh, we we had you on stage, too, for a very special Mm -hmm. moment. If you care to talk about that, that's up to you. But it was fantastic seeing you there. And, of course, all of uh, your incredible crochet cosplay. Is there? How can we shorten that? Is that... Crochet play? Is that does that sound right? Crow 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 play crow crochet. Hmm, I'll, I'll think about sure. that. Yeah, sure. we, we need we need a catchy yeah. portmanteau. No, it's all it's always yeah. great to see you guys in Vegas. Yes, fully recovered from Vegas. Recovered from the COVID I got in Vegas. Good. <laughs> um, so good, now, good. yes, actually, to match your your story, I I do have a little. I have my my special my special glass. Yeah, you uh, do. So yes, it was it was very exciting. Uh, it was John and Norm and Holly and I'm blanking on his name, but the oh, it's Craig from uh, Star Craig. Trek. Uh, yes, yeah. yes, I was mm-hmm. gonna say like the president and CEO of Star Trek Wines, who make uh, the Canar and the Robbie and Rye and all this wonderful good stuff. That yeah, like drink. And they recently rolled out uh, the Captain's Table Reserve, uh, which is a special limited. I think it's 200 bottles. Mm-hmm. Um, high-end premium. <laughs> it's a rye. This year it's gonna be a rye. Um, mm-hmm. they were gonna do a tasting, the four of them, and. They do some banter, and they get a little way through, and John goes, you may notice that we have five glasses on stage, and there's only four of us, and I, I kind of look at John, and I look at Norm, 
I look back to John. I'm like, huh? Huh? What were we thinking? What were we thinking? And my mom is sitting next to me, and she's kind of also pointing at me, like, come on, come on, come on. And John did a wonderful little spiel. You know, member of the community, always has a drink in his hand. You know, Chris, do you want to come up here? I'm like, well, you're dang right I do, John. Of course I do. <laughs> um, so I got to taste some of the, the Romulan, not the Romulan rye, the Captain's Reserve. Mm-hmm. Very delicious, very smooth. Um, just the right mix of sweet and smoky. Then I got to taste it again because I went to the special tasting they did where if you committed to buying a bottle, you got to go to the tasting, which is where I got my fancy glass. It's hard to see on camera, but it does have the Star Trek spirits thing embossed oh, nice. on the bottom. Yeah. Uh, but you can also just buy these unembossed on Amazon because these are very nice special glasses. But yes, it was a really good time. Lots of drinks were had. Look at that. Look at you. I have, I have my little churro. Hey, Chris gave me. Cute. <laughs> yeah, so that was from another one of those shows we can't talk about last yep. year. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, we can um, talk freely about the con, so keep going. <laughs> exactly. No, um, yeah, it was a really good time. Um, we had my, my chapel jumpsuit, which Jess was really liked. Um, she said, you look quite good in that, you know, because my, my joke was I don't look quite as good as Jess Bush. And she's like, oh, no, stop being humble. You look good. I was like, well, thank you, Jess. That was nice. You have to lend that to Champion. Right? You, <laughs> had your, your, um, you had your pike hair. That was a big hit. I, I did have the pike hair. Yes. Yes. I wore the pike hair a couple days. Um, yes. Credit again, as I say, credit and or brains to Alan uh, for making me think of that. Um, but yeah, that, that, that was a hit. Anton really liked that. It was funny. I went to go get his autograph, and he's, if you've ever seen him, when he does, he's very sort of methodical and zen about it. Mm-hmm. He's like hand, hand in the thing, he like writes the deal, so he does the autograph, and I go, hey, you know, this was me Wednesday night, and I show him the photo of me in the wig, and I have like a tunic on. He just like cracks up, like instantly. He's like, <laughs> that is good. That is good. So that, that was really nice. I actually had him... There's a there's a comic. There was the variant cover is Pike in like kind of that lower deck style. Uh-huh. His hair is like it covers up part of the comic logo. It's so big <laughs> is the joke. So I had him sign that, and he wrote, "Bad hair day, not a chance." <laughs> so that, Are that you going to add on to the length of uh, or the height of uh, your well, hair? We'll see. I, I do want to make another one because the the one I had this year was just kind of quick and dirty. Mm-hmm. I want to make one that like fits my head a bit better. Maybe maybe we'll get it taller. I, I do want to get, I think I want to get a photo with Christina Chong on the cruise next year because she is nice. just an absolute delight in person. The, the total nice. 180 from the, the person she plays on the show. Yeah. That's acting. And has, has an EP out. Go listen to her EP. It's, it's everywhere and it's really lovely. Right. And if you have watched a specific show about a specific universe of worlds that are strange, you know, you probably saw a specific episode that had a musical theme to it and you saw the talent really showcased in that episode which is phenomenal if you haven't seen it yet you really should and you know what you don't have to worry about us talking about it on the show because we can't so but you can listen to it in a variety of different ways and i think it's somewhere out there to listen to so go listen to it um but yeah uh, you're right it's it's nice to see uh, or meet actors, you know, of your fandom du jour. Um, and they aren't exactly who they are on, you know, on the screen because sometimes you don't want them to be that character. You know, you, you want them to be a nicer person, a relaxed person, you know, a little bit more beloved person. Um, 
are you usually what's what's your what's your con strategy when you go to a con? Is it the same every year? Is it different? You know, do you have milestones that you need to reach? You know, personally for a convention? Uh, yeah, it kind of varies. Uh, obviously, sort of. I like to always um, in the night. We have a group of friends here in LA, so they often host a room party. So we like to hit that at least a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, but as for the day, it really depends on sort of who, like celebrity wise, is there. And mainly, like, whether or not do I need autographs and photo ops or not. Um, so this year, I was doing a lot of autographs because I had a couple items that I was just going to get a bunch of autographs all on one thing. So I have a Strange New Worlds comic that has a bunch of them on it. I had a normal mm-hmm. comic that has a bunch of them on it. And that's what I like. I like getting one thing that has them all on it. Um, so that's the way my brain works. Um, so this year was a lot of autographs. But yeah, if there's not a lot of autographs, I just sort of, you know, what looks interesting... You know, I don't try and overtax myself. You know, we can always go back to the room and have lunch. You know, it's not that far away, that kind of thing. I definitely, as the years have gone on, adopted a more sort of low-key approach. This, I think, was our ninth or tenth year. Um, in the first couple of years, it was very much like, go, go, go. We have to see all the things. It's new and right. exciting. Right. And as time goes on, you know, like you guys said, the actors tell the same stories over and over again. Um, and so it becomes less about that and more about seeing people, passing them in the hallway, hanging out at the masquerade. Yeah. Yep. Heather, do you have, a, like, you've been going for 13 years almost consecutively with, you know, a break that you took. Um, but do you do you plan your convention similarly every year, or does it kind of like wherever the wind takes you? Uh, wherever the, the wind takes me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, every year I'm like, oh, yeah, I'd like to go to those panels. And I... I do try to make a point, but I organize quite a few things. Uh, so I have to be in a certain places at a specific time. And then if I do any panels, I have to be there. And the rest of the time is what Chris just said, talking to people, meeting people in the hallways. And now at my age, I need like a solid four hour nap in the middle of the day. Uh, it's, it is by far the most stimulation that I get all year. Uh, and I love it. And I want to emphasize that. I wish I could be there for like a month just getting to talk to everybody in person. But it is a lot. And I have to go disappear and recharge. And now I know, now I know that that I have to plan for. Because when I don't get to do that, I really uh, don't enjoy the convention as much because I'm tired. And then prone to getting sick. So, Yeah. You have to be careful about that because, you know, that's illnesses, you know, they... They get you at your at your weakest, and that is after, yeah, a lot of fun, uh, a lot of endorphins running through the system, a lot of adrenaline going up and down. I mean, there's just so much, and I think that that you know goes part and parcel with the, what happens after the convention's over, and that is you know the the side effect of having you know being up for so long, and then being up in terms of just like your mood, you know, your energy level, uh, uh, your your emotional you know investment in you know, what's happening, you know, all of these, th- these things, you know, that's why conventions are such a high, like literally, because they just, they just put you in that kind of a mood. But at the end, uh, I'm sure that we've all um, experienced this in our own way. But how, how do you get past, you know, for those of you who um, have not been to a convention or are experiencing it now after your first convention, how do you get past what we call the, uh, the post con blues? You know, um, it's, I don't know if there's a scientific term for it, no, but it is something that I think we all experience. Uh, Chris, how did you get past yours? 
Well, I say, or I have mean, you gotten past yours? I, I have. I say I'm, I'm very grateful that I have these places online here on Mission Log and the Discord. Also, like there's our group of friends in LA that run a Facebook group. Um, that like, yes, when you leave the convention and you no longer see them in person, but you can still, you know, reach out and interact with them. And having that kind of through line throughout the year when you're not at these, you know, high energy, intensity events. Where you can just you know you know talk to people and maybe you hop on a Zoom every once in a while or you know just talk in the Discord just maintaining that sort of level of familiarity I help I think helps make it less a less severe sort of drop off between con and not that you're not yeah. hitting as as deep as a bottom as you would otherwise so yes I'm very thankful for all the online communities I'm a part of Mission Log obviously included. How about you, Heather? Have you recovered from the con? Uh, yeah, I, I've been too sick to even think, uh, to, to battle with the depression, but it definitely sits in, uh, because I want to be with everybody more. Like, I just wish that getting together with everyone was a more accessible thing that we had throughout our lives. Uh, so, but like what Chris said, like, especially having the zoo, like the video chat, uh, that's something that is... I've really only started during the pandemic uh, and I like being able to see people that takes it to a different level than just doing like voice podcasting and stuff like that. Um, and I do want to throw out the different towns. If you look on Facebook, there are um, away teams like Chris is on the LA away team and there's a New York away team. I think there's, an Orlando away team, which is a little too far away from me, but anyone can do this. Anyone can take the initiative to hop online, hop in a community group, say, are there any Trekkies out there? Anybody like Star Trek? Anybody want to get together and create those away teams or little groups uh, on your own? I know there's lots of small towns in this country uh, and that makes us feel more and more secluded, but it's one of the reasons why I tend to wear Star Trek stuff visibly because it usually strikes up a conversation and then I can at least make those connections. Uh, so yeah, I think having this especially helps me beat the con blues, but it'll probably set in more like after I'm feeling better and getting lonely for everyone. Yeah, I think that's uh, it's different for everybody, and we all have our ways to kind of heal from that process. It's funny because you're healing from something that's amazing, but it's still a healing process because it was so amazing you don't want to let it go. And uh, it's it's yeah, it's um, definitely there's highs and lows. The highs when you're there, the lows when you're gone, and everything in between until you get to the next convention. It's 363 days. I just you know just <laughs> you know until the, and you know when I got when I finally got back. So. Uh, uh, Chris, it was great having you on. Uh, it was great seeing you at the convention. And uh, we're going to let you go here, get on to our next caller. Uh, and uh, I, I hope that, um, you know, I hope we get to do this again sometime. And when and maybe soon uh, we'll get a resolution to SAG after and WGA and be able to talk about um, our show again or shows. So yeah. fingers, fingers crossed for that. Always wonderful yeah. to see both of you. Bye. Bye, Fair Girl. Thank you, friend. <laughs> Thank you, my man. Good to see you. Enjoy that neat glass. So what, what uh, Chris is drinking from is actually called the neat glass, N-E-A-T. Uh, take a look online. We actually had the uh, the privilege of having George, uh, who is the creator of the neat glass technology, you know, with us at the private whiskey tasting for Star Trek Spirit. So it's uh, 
I thought it was kind of balderdash, you know, when it was going through it. But we have an expert coming up uh, here uh, before we get to Paul Harvath, who is uh, I, I believe he has several doctorates in gas chromatography. Um, I'm selling you, Paul, don't, you know, you know, ride it out for at least 30 to 40 seconds, you know, before we start calling the BS on that. But um, we're going to talk a little bit about something that we have been fortunate to have and build in a community that's been getting us through uh, some of these con blues, and that is our Discord. So if you're not familiar with what we've said before, you may be new to Mission Log Live and, and welcome if you are. But what we do on our Patreon, our Patreon is a way that you can support Mission Log uh, through Patreon funding. You can go to patreon.com slash mission log and take a look at the different tiers of support. And then you can also from a tier of support, join our Discord. And our Discord is a community that talks about, what do we talk about, Heather? We talk about a lot of things. We talk about everything. We talk about food. We talk about travel stuff. We talk about shows that we watch, many mm -hmm. different types of shows that we watch. We get together on Tuesday nights uh, to keep the convention spirit alive with Paul Harvath, who we might be talking to soon. Mm -hmm. uh, and that that is... I love that because that is like brought up by being at conventions and we get together and chat about sometimes there's a topic, sometimes it's bowling. <laughs> Which was so fun. <laughs> we did. There was bowling at the convention this time. So we took it to another level. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's, you know, it's a really wonderful moderated space. So it is, it is private in its own sense. Uh, you're not going to say something and have some troll drive by and leave a hateful, mean comment. Uh, it's moderated so that that kind of stuff doesn't happen. But everybody still gets to share their opinion. And we share plenty of opinions that we all disagree with. Mm -hmm. And we're still friends. Imagine that. Mm -hmm. Because we have a chance to share that in a, in a safe space. So we have live shows almost every night uh, talking about different parts of fandom uh, and all of this, you know, for the, you know, the price of um, less than a cup of coffee, some places, not necessarily Starbucks, but in some places. So please take a look. Oh, and also, this is something that we've been doing recently on the shows that we are allowed to release. Uh, we, uh, John and I do a, you know, we do a pretty thorough job when we prepare for our podcast. And some of that material doesn't actually make it to our main show. So on the uncut version of the Mission Log show, that's only for our Patreon subscribers, and it's an exclusive for them, we put what's called value-added material in there. And it is it never makes it to the final show. And it's only for our Patreon uh, subscribers. So if you want to hear more of our hot takes, sometimes they're hotter than others, uh, for Mission Log, certainly, uh, please take a look at that. And please, you know, hopefully you can do, uh, sign up for Mission Log on Patreon. So it's patreon.com slash Mission Log. Uh, we hope that you can uh, join us on Discord. All right. So um, if you've looked up uh, in uh, the last 30 to 45 seconds uh, what gas chromatography actually really is, it really doesn't have a lot to do with whiskey tasting, but it kind of does a little bit. Either way, though, I know that there's some – I know that when we were there, Paul, Paul Harvath is coming up as our next caller. You – kind of validated that a little bit. You thought the science was actually interesting in terms of how gases escape during the whiskey tasting process. So, uh, first of all, not a doctor, but I did do gas chromatography, mass spectrometry for well over 30 years at a major automobile company here in uh, southeastern Michigan. Um, 
the uh, validation is uh, I, I stood there with this glass and listening to this guy explain it. And I'm like, well, that sort of makes sense when you take a, a material and you spin it around, the lighter material will escape and uh, heavier components will remain simply because of the, the motion of the, the material up and out, particularly mm-hmm. lighter this or highly volatile compounds come out. So when you take this glass, which I think you showed, it has the shape, you swirl it and the ethanol comes and sort of oozes over the edges. But the other material doesn't ooze with the ethanol. It sort of stays in the middle and slowly rises and then oozes based on how heavy it is. So it makes sense. And your nose is an incredibly sensitive detection device, uh, even more so than some of the advanced scientific equipment I used. So, um, I've, lo and behold, it worked, and it worked beautifully. And um, my wife is is just fascinated by it, and she just loved loved. She still has the glass, and as it's changed over the course of two weeks, you know, it's still there. the The notes of whatever's left over from that that material re- mm-hmm. remain. It's just an amazing, amazing science to see and witness. Now, the price point was a little steep, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. um. 200 bottles out of out of one barrel from a right. man named Crispin who talked about how he learned how to do it. So um, I, I can't, you know, I can't thank Star Trek Wines enough for what they did for our gathering. Um, if you're in this Discord group, you're automatically invited to this party we throw. And it started a couple of years ago as a gathering at a bar. Then last year we had a party. This year we had a better party. Um, that just blossomed into this amazing friendships in person. Um, and nothing, nothing will beat meeting your friends that you have online the first time in person. Spencer, uh, Sam, Brent, um, Brett are a few of the folks that I met walking into the casino mm-hmm. and your face just lights up. You know, they see you. It's like, oh, there you are. You know, um, just you can't really really put a um, words to what that feeling is. So I'm all for getting people together in a space that's safe. And um, we're all there for the same reason. That's to talk about, you know, the same interests. We talk about the show. Sometimes a few people from the show show up. Uh, somebody named Bonnie Gordon showed up. <laughs> and more interesting oh, for yeah. me, more interesting for me as, as I, as the party gets goes longer, we get past 10 o'clock, a few other folks just sort of meander in. Now, how they find out about it is, you know, there are ways. But a, a person by the name of Dave Blast showed up at the bar while I was pouring wine. And you can imagine how that went when I found out who he was. Oh, senior art director for many of the series that we've seen. Yeah, and a recently ended one that I had, you know, sort of a, a very uh, formative opinion about, particularly the last two episodes. And, and, I, and I shared you know, some of my thoughts with him because I've had, you know, maybe just a couple bo- bottles or glasses, <laughs> something about this big. Okay. The so a very, a very open, candid discussion with someone who matters. And um, it was interesting because at the end of the conversation, he goes, you know, certain characters who came out in the, maybe the first episode that people absolutely hated, they really hated to see them die in the eighth episode. And he sort right. of got that smug look of mission accomplished, right? So touche to the man and and oh, job well done on, you know, um, you know, for the ratings that certain that certain show uh, has gotten over over the past couple months all over the place. Um, I got to cosplay uh, as a lower decks person with uh, our previous guest um, or our previous caller. Uh, and you said you haven't done that in a while, right? 
Oh yeah. You just, Heather knows how much, how hard it is, right? You're running all over the place. Last thing you need to do is, well, what do I look like today? <laughs> but lower decks, you know, I sort of emulate uh, one of the characters who, who just sort of uh, hangs out with the coffee mug. At, you know, the, it's, it's great. There's finally a character I look like besides Picardo, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> I got away on Friday and did a little zip lining with mm-hmm. uh, one of our other members. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't can't tell you how great that was. Um, let's see what else we got. I that got was on Cog- Fremont Street, was it? Fremont Street. You feel like yeah. Superman. Mm. <laughs> Literally feel like great. Superman. Yeah. Um, got coffee for John and Jessica every morning because um, of the Keurig, and it avoids the the waiting lines. As both of you know, if you try to get coffee at Starbucks, you can be there half an hour to an hour. And I'm like, oh, you totally. You don't have yeah. that much time, so we brought a <clears throat> a you know a device to make coffee and it, it i don't know whatever we did it there it is had great acceptance of the two drinks we came up with the boy me up and the tendini yeah yeah what else we got um, those were good yeah that's so, a um that's actually a good survival tip for those of you who uh, are you go to these conventions if you're a big coffee fan and you drink a lot of it in the morning and you need it before you get out before you step out the door you got to do what you got to do to make sure that you get that into your system because that is a real thing. Some of these places don't offer coffee pots anymore in room. Uh, and it's really difficult to get in line because everyone knows how much coffee black means or coffee with whatever means to your morning. I mean, that's a real thing. I want to, I want to compliment Heather on a great panel, the Trectivism panel on Sunday, particularly as late and you know, you're, you're well into the convention <laughs> and you're you're exhausted, and here you are doing some amazing work on stage with Matt Simone and a couple other guests. Um, so that was awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah, that is. I I was like, oh, no big deal. Panels on Sunday, it will be fine. And by Sunday, I was had a sore throat and, <laughs> and feeling it, and I was like, all right. But again, we came out, and I sat down, and there was all of our Mission Log family, and so I just. I felt so supported and, and that helps uh, help me feel good about talking about all the good stuff that we're doing with the podcast. So thank you. Absolutely. Uh, just a couple more things. Norman, one was your substitute on Saturday called in at the last moment, moment as John champion took ill with a, a, a bad back. Yeah. That was awesome, dude. How was it? It was fun. You know, it's kind of like, you don't really have a time to think about it. You just kind of have to grip it and rip it and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's easy when you have Jessica Lynn Verdi, like backing you up, you know, on the side and she's really good friends with the greatest generation podcasters. So it was, it was kind of like an, I wouldn't say it was a no brainer because you still have to be a little bit on because you're staring out at a sea of people. I say sea because I'm, my ego's that big. I'm like, yes, a sea of 25 billion people were watching us. No, but it was, it was a full morning and, uh, you know, you, you know, the, the show must go on. I mean, that, that's just part of it. You know, people come in and expect to have, you know, this morning to settle into the convention. That was Saturday morning, I think it was. And uh, yeah, I mean, just you got to do what you got to do. And, uh, you know, John just kind of looks up and he goes, you got to do it. And I'm like, yeah, you got it. You know, that's just that's just part of being part of this team. And and we all do it. You know, we all have, uh, you know, we all have uh, the best way uh, to to pitch in and, and make sure it all works because, you know, we have this great community that we don't want to let down. And, you know, we want to make sure that everyone goes away with a good time. And uh, that's part of the process. That's it. So the yeah. the euphoric moment at the end of the con when everything's over and we've taken our pictures and all of a sudden the Rolling Stones come on and Norm starts dancing with my wife. 
just yeah, uh, you got to destroy all that footage like clear really. clear joy you know it's just sheer joy of of having you know witnessed an event that you're going to remember for a long time but then mike richards of all people drops in with air guitar like i've never seen before of keith richards it was you know something's burned in my mind it's just burned it's burned right there you gotta you just have to witness that in person yeah that's and a as different- far as that's a different level of Patreon. <laughs> it was so. unbelievable. So <laughs> I'm going to leave everybody with this. You know, is Conitis is a real deal. Um, we used to do the same thing with um, other events that we did that were very physical. We used to ice dance and we used to get together and ice dance for three days and then everybody goes away. And, you know, the physicality of it, you just are exhausted and you're, you're euphoric and then you're just depressed, right? Yeah. So the way I've learned to deal with it is um, start planning your next event. Much as already I've, you know, begun the process of reserving the room for next year's party, um, start looking ahead to maybe a local convention you can go to or look ahead to Wednesday's talk with Heather or maybe uh, Contiki on Tuesdays or Friday with Norm and, and Char or Thursday with After Dark. Make that your next thing. And that way you get to see these people again. It might not be in person and it may not be as intense, but just look forward to the next time you get to to have you know, a chance to, to talk with these people. Cause it's, it's never a given, you know, and just enjoy life and, and roll forward. And, and with that, I'm going to pass it on to my, my dear friend, Alan, who I've met in person by driving to one of those really tiny conventions in Iowa. So I recommend all of you go, go, go to another con, meet some more friends. And, you know, Vegas is a big one, but there's lots of little ones out there. And I have one literally five miles from my house this weekend, in my little tiny town in Michigan. It's like weird, but we're going to go. <laughs> right on. Well, have fun with that. Uh, thank you, Bertha, for calling in and for everything yeah. you did for us at the convention. Cheers. We we truly, truly appreciate it. With my Applause. OJ. Applause. <laughs> or as we learned on stage, it's, it's you have to Applause. You have to bring it back. Uh, yeah, that was it's fun. It's interesting. Anywho's. Oh, Alan. Hello, Alan. Hey, What's up, buddy. Hey, how, how are, are you? you doing, everybody? It's <laughs> you were talking earlier about uh, the FOMO uh, convention experience, and I guess I'm that guy because <laughs> <laughs> I've just been, you know, sitting listening to you know Chris and Paul's fantastic experiences, and I'm like Meh. I'm like I feel like uh, oh god, uh, yeah, certain certain. Uh, characters in certain franchises that shall not be named i'm just looking at the suit in the after credit sequence going next time next time <laughs> next time but yeah i mean crossed. but you still got you know a, a chance to go to a convention you know this I year did. so yes you know Multiples. yeah a couple yeah a couple yeah yeah one sort of i think it's i think it was over in this area of <laughs> des moines i yeah it's a you know, it's a little bit hard to see with all the buildings in the way, but trust me, it's it's back there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and then one that's, uh, you know, about three hours that direction. And then sand yeah. something or other. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, and that. Yeah, that was that was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you made a couple. I Th- mean, it's thousands of miles that direction. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it, it's I mean, so you understand, you know, you, you, you felt the con experience, you know, and oh, you yeah. felt, you know, how big it can be. And then, you know, how how small it can be when you get home. Uh, so, uh, but yes, I can understand, like, I think it was a 2019, I think it was like the first convention that I was supposed to do. Um, 
was 2020 and that's when COVID hit and everything got locked down. Yeah. That was like, you no, know, John was like, you no, know, Norm, this is supposed to be your first mission log convention and, you know, we can't travel. And then the next year I couldn't travel. Um, so I was like two years in a row, like after I joined mission log, I didn't have a chance to, you know, to actually participate in that. So, uh, it's tough, you know, it, it, it is tough. And, um, you know, if, if you have the ability to do it, uh, you have a, a soft landing platform, you know, with uh, the mission log community. Um, and I think that's important because I think that it can be intimidating sometimes uh, to go uh, to a convention on your own. Uh, you don't yeah. know anybody. You, you don't know where you're going to land. You don't know who you're going to hang with. You don't know if it's going to be, you know, nerve wracking or if it's going to be, uh, you know, isolated. You don't know. Um, but I think that a lot of newcomers that met with us for the first time um and, and heather you were part of kind of like the the newbie landing party right so uh, what, what was that like you know did we did you see a lot of new people this year or are there always like a huge batch of new people or is it because we were back at the rio that we got more new people so the funny thing about the newbie and solo traveler meetup was that it wound up being mostly mission log family <laughs> all right um, amazing <laughs> Yeah, and there were people that came that were from the Facebook group that I helped run, the Star Trek Convention Experiences group. And so, you know, we had an okay turnout. It was smaller than previous years. And that may be because it is Wednesday night, and a lot of newbies don't know to come in Wednesday night or come in later. Um, But regardless, a lot of people were already at Masquerade. So we had that meetup at IBAR. And then by the time we moved over to Masquerade for the landing party, like that bar was jumping. So I think people were just kind of scattered. Um, But I I will say, Alan, that we missed you. And to everyone, like it, it, I wish that everyone could be there and send me a note. I know how to do this on a budget. I know how to help people plan. Uh, so feel free to reach out because I can help people try to find ways to get there. Although if you're me, you just save everything for this one convention, <laughs> yeah. but it's worth it. <laughs> kind of like our Super Bowl, you know, for Star Trek. Yeah. 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 For sure. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that is, that is great to know. And it's, you know, you know, fingers crossed. It's a, it's always a matter of just, will that weekend be available? Will I be, you know, will I have the time that I can devote to that? And, you know, hopefully fingers crossed, you know, 2024 is the year. Um, But yeah, just the, the idea of being able to go to something like that as just, you know, just as a, a single traveler and knowing that there is that sort of like, almost safety net mm-hmm. is is just very encouraging you know i've sort of that's that's sort of been one of my personal uh goals in the last you know few years is just you know i just got to a point where i thought to myself you know every vacation that i've taken in my adult life has been either some sort of, you know, con- you know, <laughs> converted business trip, or a family thing, or a thing that I did with friends, or for this event, or for a wedding, or for that event, and I was just, you know, I got to a point where I was like, uh, you know, I need to 
start being able to be okay with just me as myself, just traveling and, you know, doing things on my own for myself. And yeah. I love it. A little bit of, a little bit of self-care. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Do it. Look, I, my self-care now is going to Disney by myself. Yeah. And it's amazing and everyone should try it. But I, I especially, I love that um, Mo started hanging out in our Discord chats, like mm-hmm. to try to get to know people. And so Mo um, and Sandy wound up connecting to go from the airport to the Rio. And then when I got to the registration line, there they were. And again, it was like <laughs> you have that moment of just like, oh my God, it's you. Um, and everybody should have that moment. And this, this convention, especially is just because of the number of us that go together. And like, this is the place to meet the most people. And I hope that the same people that came this year will be able to make it next year. Plus you, Alan, plus I'd love to see John there. I, uh, who's waiting in the, in the wings. (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. but I, I just would, I would love to see everyone and meet everyone in person. And I hope, I hope that that happens. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm I'm you know, like I said, I've just I hope that the the stars align. Yes, me too. But uh I, I want to get uh two more callers in before we have to go. So uh Paul Harvitz says it's time for an Allen song. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh yeah, yeah. I, I threw this out there. Do we wanna you know, I, I have something prepared based on, you know, Possibly the fact that a certain show might have had a musical episode recently, and uh, you know some some stuff went down in that episode, and one of our favorite couples may have uh, may have hit the skids, and you know, in a, in a universe where music spontaneously appears to help you deal with your emotions, maybe maybe it could have been worked out a little bit better for for one of our characters. Um, uh, too bad we don't live in one of those universes now, because uh, it would make seeing this a little bit easier. Uh, but I fear that that might actually strike a DMCA warning, and we don't want that either. No, um, so, I don't even know what that is, and I don't want. It, so. <laughs> yeah, the digital music copy something or other. Uh, but um, All right, Earl, keep your finger on the dump button. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know. Perhaps if uh, a certain character had uh, been able to express his emotions, it might have gone a little something like this. <sighs> Starfleet's got no money, our clothes are kind of funny, her hair is kind of wild and free. Oh, but love grows where my nurse chapel goes and nobody knows like me. She sounds kind of brainy and people say she's zany for xenoarchaeology. Oh, but love grows where my nurse chapel goes and nobody knows like me. There's something about her medical mind keeps me feeling so fine. And I just gotta say, hey, <laughs> she's looking like a pinch on the neck. Now we're off on this track, and I can't get away. Everybody's sulking, cause I'm a lucky Vulcan. 
and I love her logically because love grows where my nurse chapel goes and nobody knows like me. Yeah, people, <laughs> to, ma major hearts. Uh, Michelle's dancing along with you. Um, I'm going to leave it up to our producer whether or not that's going to make final cut on edit. <laughs> but uh, we appreciate that. Loved oh, it. yes. Absolutely loved it. Um, your talent is boundless. And uh, we love having you here. I mean, we love having your energy here. Oh, thank you. Yes. yes. All um, righty. Um, uh Live long and something or other, everybody. Have a good one. We'll hopefully be able to talk about stuff later. And yes. Fingers crossed. Uh, sing along and prosper, my friend. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk to you next time. And uh, let's see Adios. if we have a, uh, a follow-up uh, song, a little ditty from Mr. John Arminio. Maybe <laughs> not. Uh, maybe yes. Maybe not. Y yikes. Um, <laughs> my, not not and, yikes, and, Alan. Yikes, yikes follow-up, right? Any... <laughs> Any musical rendition I do would be more akin to Klingon opera than what Alan was able to do. So. We are fans. Um, that is not a threat, sir. That's a promise, right? <laughs> yeah. Right? What's happening, man? What's on your mind? There's trouble. Um, yeah, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I yeah, I, I don't have any con experiences to share. Um. So I, I thought I would sort of chime in on the the proposed topic of discussion tonight. That's the nostalgia factor. Yeah. yeah. Um. And, you know, for me, I, like for me, nostalgia. I'm sort of a traditionalist when it comes to the, even the definition of the word is that it's you know something you pine for that you can never recapture. Yeah. So the whole idea of trying to go back to something you loved as a child is sort of a, a doomed endeavor. Um, and, and I just think about, you know, the creators that we uh, idolize now, and rightly so, you know, like part of the reason why we have Star Wars is because George Lucas couldn't make Flash Gordon. Right. Um, I'm still waiting for that kind of Flash Gordon, too, yeah. by the way. Right. Oh, I, I love the one from... No offense. No, yeah, no offense to I what happened. Yeah. Um, John Champion will skin me for that, but no offense. So good. Um, you, you know, Twilight Zone came about because Rod Sterling wasn't able to write about the, the the social topics that he wanted to in, in venues like Playhouse 90, you know, Gene Roddenberry's The Lieutenant show was canceled. He wasn't able to write about the things that he wanted to. So, you know, those guys had to use metaphor and science fiction to, you know, create what, what would become their defining works. Um, You know, it's difficult or impossible to try and, you know, replicate the, the magic of a creator doing their best work being creative you know i'm i'm waiting for the next terminator and i don't mean the next great terminator movie i mean i'm waiting for the next james cameron to create 2023's version of the terminator mm -hmm. um and as much as a lot of picard season 3 went down easy um I think the long-term prospect of Star Trek means that we have to keep the spirit of, of the original series in mind by like, you know, going forward and, and not, and not depending on pure legacy. Yeah. You know, we, uh, we're having this discussion, you know, um, 
at large right now in our discord. And I think one of the, the difficult things about nostalgia, and we mentioned this on the panel, there are creators now that were fans of this series, you know, and it meant so much to them that they became yeah. creators themselves. And uh, there have been, um, there have been debatable points, you know, whether or not, you know, the new series are feeling like, you know, fan service. Well, it can't sometimes maybe be helped because they are fans that are creating the show that they wanted to see. So there is the very precarious situation of one being able to, you know, deliver, you know, a product that's going to be appealing to a, a larger mass audience Two, being able to create a product that services them as creators and three being able to create a product that's going to be able to entice a whole new group of fans. So there is one thing that's um, in the discussion that I think that's alluding just the, the, the general uh, kind of like the general overview of what's happening now and that it is what is the most financially plausible. Yeah. yeah. Right. I, you know, I was discussing this with uh, Earl and uh, Heather before we started and I was uh, watching a movie about a very famous Scarlet Speedster. And mm -hmm. there was a certain Dark Knight from 1989 that was heavily featured in that movie. That's not a spoiler. That's in the previews. And I'm not sure if my love for that movie, because I loved the movie right up until the end. And I don't know if my love for that movie came because of the way that the Scarlet Speedster story stood out on its own, because it pretty much was the interpretation of Flashpoint, uh, which is one of the greatest comics in, in DC history, that story. Or if it was from the Dark Knight's interpretation from 1989 that was interweaved into that story, because that was a watershed movie for me. I was, yeah. you know, it was like the summer before I was a senior in high school, you know, it was so important. And I think that that's the biggest, it, it's the biggest hurdle to overcome with nostalgia is that it's not necessarily that the work itself changed. We changed, right? Yeah. And it's trying to recapture, like I'm a big um online video game player and all of my friends and i grew up in in this era where we were all doing you know counter-strike together world of warcraft together like all these games right and we we're wondering like why aren't the new expansions capturing us the way that they they should and it's like because we'll never get back to the moment where it mattered to us most yeah you know that that moment that year that decade whatever it was Nothing that is created right now for a certain audience will ever recapture the moment of when they fell in love with it first. And they're trying, but I don't think that that's possible for everybody. And an audience that's watching, you know, the most current series right now um, will have that moment later on. May not be for us, you know, may not be for a lot of fans, but sooner or later, that's going to be their nostalgia. So I think it's basically an unwinnable situation. It's a Kobayashi Maru. It's kind of like the no-win scenario because you have to service one side and the other side. And how do you really do that successfully? Yeah. You know, and, I mean, I, there, there's going to be a point in time where I'm just going to be like, nope, this is the this is the line where we cannot cross this far, yeah. no further. And maybe that's just the way it is. And, and I think what makes it difficult for us to be satisfied sort of from like a, like a, top-down like systemic point of view is that a lot of this th these movies and tv shows that we're seeing it's not even like a creatively di driven nostalgia it's like what disney or paramount or warners thinks the audience's nostalgia calls for so that's mm -hmm. why i think you had the very um uneven uh star wars 
sequels, a lot of what Warner Brothers is, is doing right now. Like, like David Zaslav doesn't know what fans want. Like these, you know, corporate ding dongs are are looking at you know algorithms and and are not you know don't have a creative cell in their body and they're not allowing for true like art to, to, to come from these franchises, these, you know, stories that so many people love. And I, and I, and I don't think that whether they're going for nostalgia or not, we're not going to get good stories that way. But I think what we saw with Barbenheimer is that you had these two very creative different movies that sort of exploded the box office. One was made from like a brand, but it was done with an incredibly unique new, like almost dangerous take. And another was a three hour historical biopic. And so I think there is room for creativity in the entertainment industry. And that includes Star Trek. Definitely. Yeah. Can I um, just quickly, I, excuse me, the Barbie movie is such a great example of, where something has succeeded, it has been phenomenally phenomenally successful, and now corporate wants to be like, "Oh, Polly Pocket movie, knock 'em up guys movie, this yeah. toy, that toy." It's not about the toy. Yeah, the wrong not... lesson to take from that movie. Yeah, right, right. It's and so you're not going to replicate that. And that I just thought was such a brilliant example. Um, and I saw that other movie this weekend, and also a very good movie. You should see them both. Yeah, yes. I, I you know that's. I think it's a very, uh, again, it's, it's, it's very interesting times in terms of, you know, what, what can be sold, uh, in, in a way where I think the bottom line is being protected. And that is, you know, something that's tried and true and nostalgia is tried and true because, you know, there is a pocket audience that will always be supportive in one way or the other, because it's either they were into it. Some, you know, someone they knew is into it or their children are into it. So you yeah. capture, you know, you, you snapshot like, you know, two generations worth of audiences. And that's, I think it's good enough for especially streaming service to say, yeah, we can, you know, we can maintain and, and, uh, those subs, you know, without a lot of erosion, you know, over the course of time. So that's, I, I think that nostalgia in and of itself, I think is important. But I think that it's also one of those things that is so easily perverted by people yep. who know how to use it against their own audience for that very specific way of, you know, of um, making sure that their bottom line is insured. Um, and and real quick before we uh, end, end the night, mm-hmm. that is one of the topics that Rod Serling frequently wrote about, his own preoccupation with wanting to recapture the innocence of childhood and, and his own nostalgia and the danger of that. That was a frequently a topic of, Twilight Zone episodes and something he talked about personally. Very cool. Yeah. I mean, eventually these things kind of like fold in and on themselves, but I appreciate you calling in, John, and talking about nostalgia. It's something that it's not, you know, it's not a zero sum game, this, you know, discussion. It's Mm -hmm. just, it's like, where would you like to discuss about it? You know, what point today (laughs) for how long? (laughs) Thank you for allowing us this, this forum to talk about it. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you calling in. Thank you. And uh, we'll hear from you next time. All right. Take care, John. Uh, we're not closing up the show. We have one more caller. We have Cherie, who's been waiting so patiently since probably the beginning of the show. But you're here. It is your time. And what would you like to talk about? Ah, well, uh, first, uh, I'd like to say that 
when you were saying about how like having the actors talk about themselves uh was like really interesting um and things that you hadn't heard before because a lot of times when you know like they ask kind of like some of the same questions uh uh it reminded me of when i got to see neil gaiman um and i was such a neil gaiman nerd at the time that i uh watched every interview that he had done pretty much so i knew all of the questions that he had been asked recently um so he answered my question um at the uh uh event that i went to um and i thanked him when i went up to get my book signed for answering my question he's like no one's ever asked me that before I'm like yes <laughs> my hours really of cool. watching interviews <laughs> it's paid off <laughs> you did your Very homework. Cool. Uh, I also wanted to ask uh, what uh, when uh, STLV is next year, do we know? One, August 1st through 4th. But I recommend coming in, and I think David and Paul were putting in the, in the chat, I recommend coming in on July 31st and then checking out on August 5th at least on the Monday, like come a day before leave the day after. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of wiggle room just to be able to settle in, you know, Yeah. if you want yeah. to, I mean, that's everyone's <laughs> time is different obviously, but for the maximum experience. Yeah. That's probably the way to go. Yeah. We'll see if I can even get a partial experience. Cause like I said, I have a program that I do at work that. Um, right. Right. Runs about the same time, so um, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, I I had a I had a another discussion topic of just like random stuff that I always want to talk about, but all right, all right. seems to be like a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always just kind of wanted to write like a whole thesis paper, uh, which I won't I won't do the whole thing, <laughs> but just like on how. Ever since the term was invented, there is no such thing as fake news. Okay, there is propaganda. There is inaccurate news. Um, it is very important to know why there are inaccuracies in your news. Um, but to blanket just call things fake isn't helping you to understand how information is disseminated. <laughs> Are you in journalism? Um, I'm a I'm a librarian. I'm an okay. information professional. Um, so okay. yes, <laughs> it, okay. um, uh, related, very related into research. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and very depressed by the lack of ability for people to research in the modern era. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a hard one to parse. It's just because, um. It's strategy that when it was implemented is, it's so complete, you know, uh, the way that, uh, it's used as essentially just an earwig reaction, uh, to not having to do any work. And both know? sides use it now. And because people are just like, Oh, anything that I either don't agree with or, you know, I think is propaganda. And I think, okay, yes, it is very important to call out propaganda and to call mm-hmm. out bias, but just to call it fake 
is just completely disregarding the really important things we need to think about when we get information. Because sometimes there's like unconscious bias, like people aren't doing it on purpose. And then there's conscious bias. And then there's like just out straight outright propaganda. And it's very important to try to think about like, okay, what would be the motivation of people giving me this information? What would be kind of their environment what might be their unconscious biases, what might be their conscious biases, you know, what would they want me to believe? And that can better help you understand, okay, well, you know, what they might be saying, while may the facts may be accurate, how they are portraying them may be biased. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think that um, in, in the day and age that we're in, and believe me, I'm no expert in any of these subjects, but it's just my personal observation that the art of conversation, you know, is, you know, it's a dying art. Um, and I think that a lot of people in, in conversations, uh, you know, that I've observed or have been part of myself have gone to this, you know, quote unquote, Godwin's law version of just end gaming the argument, basically saying what you're saying, like, I have this, I want to talk to you about something. And I say, you know, here's my opinion. It's like, well, that's just fake news. There's no discussion. You know, so I don't really know exactly what standpoint you're coming from because there isn't the ability to understand the standpoints. You know, there are no, you know, there are no points being made. There are no policies being talked about. There's no theology. There's no science. There's no, you know, anything. And it's just because someone either doesn't want to, doesn't want to expose themselves for not understanding a certain salient point or salient points of said discussion, but not even making the attempt to do it and say like, well, I don't just believe that. Well, why not? Because of this. And like, well, you know, it's, it's. It's not a zero sum game. I'm not trying to like say that I'm right and you're wrong. I want to know like why we're not having the discussion or why the overall discussion at large in society isn't being made or being had. Um, and, and I just think that it's because there's an art form. There's a, and, and maybe it's because social media has something to do with being able to terminate certain discussions very quickly, you know, and very anonymously. And there's no real effort being applied to be able to understand points of view. And I think that's why. Um, you know, we, we're, we've been discussing about going to these conventions, any convention where you can express yourself, you know, in a very full and very realized way with other people. So they can do that, too, uh, as opposed to just fake newsing somebody. But I, I mean, I, yeah. I see exactly what you're saying. And I think it's very it's a very dangerous way to kind of like engage a conversation. You know, can I um, uh, add a sure. quick thing? <clears throat> yeah. So. We, we just came from this convention in the desert where everyone was friendly towards one another. I didn't have a bad interaction. And I'm sure some people may have. Um, but this, the spirit at that convention was one of acceptance, um, working together, and having, con having conversations. Not deep conversations, but at least we were all talking. And it was such a positive environment. And then I came home and then I logged on to, on to Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and like I left Twitter and sometimes I think I just should have stayed away, but it was the same people that I just saw at that convention being kind to one another were now tearing each other apart. And I'm not going to comment on the conversations that I saw and I'm, I'm not demeaning the behavior. It just, it is what it is. It is the difference in platform of a seeing one another face to face Maybe, maybe we don't have those bigger conversations, but at least there is a spirit of, like I said, acceptance and kindness. 
and social media, it was not that. And that's another reason why I so value our Discord and this community here on Mission Law Live, uh, because we're able to, to have those forms of communication. And it's really sad because we are more and more isolated from one another. Uh, there are more and more mental health issues because we're not speaking openly about what happens to us, what's ha- the trauma that we've experienced. Um, and we just disengage and shut each other down. And that is the opposite of the spirit of the, the show that we watch. Like the spirit of the show that we watch was present at that convention. And that's something that was heartbreaking for me um, to go online and then, and then see the opposite of that. So it, it is scary times, um, but it is, again, why I'm so grateful for, for our community and what we do. Perfectly said. Um, anything else on your mind, uh, Sherry? I'm glad you brought that up because it really is thought provoking. <laughs> well, thank you, because it's been bothering me since like 2016. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh, yeah, um, I hope to see you guys at a convention sometime in the future. Um, I did write something else. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, uh, again, stay in touch with us. Stay in touch with Mission Log Live. It's always great seeing you. And uh, thanks for calling in. And uh, you are our last caller for tonight. I so, <laughs> yes, there's a bunny setting. That is that's Buffy. Yeah, yeah, she's she's jumping on her house right now. For those of you who are getting the the, the live feed of this, there's a rabbit sighting. It's very rare. I, you should go buy a lottery ticket or something. Um, I love the bunny enclosure. Yeah, yeah the condos. They are much. They have larger sleeping arrangements than I do right now so but that's <laughs> that's they're worth it they're worth it <laughs> thanks Sherry, for calling in um yeah. we'll see you. you next time thank you thanks bye so here we are uh, at the end of this season of mostly talking about the worlds that are strange and new um thank you for being here heather with us for this time Oh, no, it's my my pleasure. I love being here and I love continuing the conversation on our discord. And I'm trying to think about, you know, I said that I wasn't, we come to the end of the season. So that discussion was going to end. And even though I'm on there five nights a week, <laughs> I still am thinking about hosting something else. So we'll see. There's There were lots of talks at STLV about shows that people want to watch and talk about. Mm-hmm. So there is more to come on discord. Uh, and I guess we'll see where, where uh, the future takes us as far as uh, next shows and what shows we will talk about in the future on mission log live. righty. Well, that's the end for our season of this particular series that we can't necessarily acknowledge, but we will be back soon. We're going to take a short break and kind of realign the deck chairs here on the bridge and look at the schedule for new content coming up. But until then, Mission Log Live is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment, technical production on Mission Log and Mission Log Live by the effervescent Earl Green. Be sure to visit podcast.roddenberry.com from the latest from Roddenberry Podcasts. And if you would like to support Mission Log directly, give us a look at patreon.com slash mission log. Again, thank you to Heather for spending time with us on Mission Log Live covering this last season of a show that we can't really mention right now. And thank you to everyone who joined us live here on YouTube or going to be watching this later. 
and please stay connected with us across our social media feeds for future updates on this show. And we look forward to seeing you all very soon. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.